0: Praise Thee, Lord, for Thy great land, That we Thy dwelling place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. An exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Now, here's our show today. The Old Testament had one unique ministry, Beginning with Moses and his receiving and delivering to the children of Israel the law or commandments, the ministry of the law commenced and continued until the coming of Christ. But the coming of Christ ushered in another ministry, the ministry of the new covenant. Actually, these two are the only ministries spoken of in the Bible. Acts chapter 1 makes it very clear that notwithstanding the current situation, there is in reality only one Ministry. Listen to verses 17 and 25 of Acts chapter 1. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his portion of this ministry. And then in verse 25, he continues the thought, to take the place of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. The ministry of the new covenant is a very great matter that we dare not take lightly, Neither should we take it into our own hands to try to put it into practice. Francis Ball has joined us. Francis, the New Testament ministry. It seems like the Bible doesn't give us much ground for having uh, a lot of different ministries, does it?
2: That's certainly true. And when you see, as you pointed out already, that in the Old Testament there's only one ministry, and that was of the Old Covenant. And in the New Testament also we have only one ministry, which is the ministry of the New Covenant.
1: Francis, we saw a little bit in our program on Friday when we were also dealing with this topic. There is one verse in the New Testament in First Corinthians that mentions ministries or different or various um, ministries. Put that into context for those who weren't with us on Friday.
2: Well, I believe this refers to the services that are carried out. Not everyone has the same function, and you could call that a ministry of service. But actually, that function is part of the one ministry. That's in the New Testament. It's not meaning different ministries of a different kind. This is just the carrying out by the service, the one ministry.
1: And we did see some examples, for example, the taking care of the children in a proper way is a kind of ministry. But in the context, as you said, of the one unique New Testament ministry, this ministry of the New Covenant, mm-hmm. some other um, adjectives describe it, as we'll see today. Uh, we're looking at verses 8 and 9 in Second Corinthians 3, and it says, How shall the ministry of the Spirit not be more in glory? Of course, this is a comparison to that Old Testament ministry of the law which was a ministry of the letter paul said verse 9 for if there is glory with the ministry of condemnation much more the ministry of righteousness abounds with glory so we see a couple of things that we'll talk about today the ministry of the new covenant is also called the ministry of the spirit and it's also called the ministry of righteousness and we'll look at both of those aspects as we uh, delve into this matter more fully. Francis, have anything else you'd like to add before we join uh, Witness Lee? No,
2: I think it's good to join Witness Lee right now, and then we'll just add in our little comments after we hear what he has to say. Very good. Here's Witness Lee.
0: Through all the centuries, there have been only two ministries. One ministry of the old covenant, And the one ministry of the new covenant. You read Acts chapter 1. It says that all 12 apostles had only one ministry. The ministry. It doesn't mean that Peter has one ministry. And John has another one. And James has the third one. No, no, no. The twelve apostles had only one ministry. Then after the twelve, more apostles were up. The most prominent one was Paul, right? Then his co-workers. You could see many, many apostles, but the New Testament has only one ministry. The ministry of the Spirit and of righteousness. The new covenant ministry is unique. Unique in its nature. Unique in its essence. Unique in its function. Unique in its purpose. The Lord has shown us from this chapter, chapter 3, only two ministries. As a preacher, as a minister, as a teacher, as a Christian, concern yourselves. Please tell me, in what ministry you are? If you are not in the ministry of the new covenant, that is the ministry. To minister Christ as the life-giving spirit and as the righteousness to people. Then you must tell me, in what ministry you are? In what ministry you are? In the ministry of death and condemnation? Surely you would not admit. You may say, I'm in the ministry of gospel preaching. Then what is that ministry? That little ministry of the gospel preaching is just a part of the new covenant ministry that ministers Christ
1: to others. Now you are clear. Francis, uh, there's a lot of implications to what we're touching here today. I think it's uh, common to hear something like, well, this person has a healing ministry, or, you know, a gospel preaching ministry, or a ministry of this type or of that sort. This is not to say that there's nothing legitimate there, but the bigger question is, of what, overall ministry, are those services, as you pointed out a while ago, associated with? Isn't that the main question?
2: I believe that is the main question, and it reminds me of uh, some years I spent in Bible school, and with all the other students there, there was a searching for what kind of ministry yeah. they would get into. Right, right. And there's all kinds of ministries in name that are open for Christians who are serious and want to serve the Lord, and it's become common thing for a young person who wants to serve the Lord to find some advice and get some help as to what ministry he should get into. Should he get into uh, the Pentecostal things, the ministry of power, the ministry of gifts, the ministry of tongue speaking, or should he get into the ministry of teaching the Bible, teaching the fundamental doctrines of the Bible, or to get into the gospel ministry, as you mentioned? So all these things have really confused the fact that in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's only this one ministry, which is called this ministry, both in Acts and also in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. It mm-hmm. says, having this ministry.
1: So I think that uh, anyone who is engaged in this kind of you know, selection, let's say a, a seminary student or a Bible school student, trying to find out what area of service the Lord is leading them into, would do well to really place whatever burden or gift or calling they uh, are pursuing into the context of what is this ministry that you pointed out, as mentioned in Second Corinthians 4, and we read earlier also in Acts chapter 1. What is this ministry, the unique ministry mm-hmm. that really where our focus and our center and our concern and care really ought to be focused, isn't it?
2: Yes, that's right, and this ministry is the ministry of the Spirit. That means it's ministering or dispensing the life-giving spirit into people. So this ministry also is called the ministry of righteousness, Mm -hmm. which I believe, Brother Lee, will get into in the further aspects of this message.
1: Right. We'll get into that in a moment. So whatever work we're doing engaged in uh, under the Lord's calling or our our own uh, desire to serve Him, if it is not the ministry that is imparting Christ and imparting Him, as the life-giving Spirit, as the bountiful supply. We'll see that in this uh, upcoming portion. Of course, that's Paul's word in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, where he says, For I know that this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. However, he was receiving this bountiful supply, That was the unique ministry, wasn't it?
2: That was the ministry.
1: Francis, uh, also as we join Witness Lee in this next portion, uh, we want to add one other verse that we'll look at again. We've seen it before in the last uh, week or so as we've been uh, kind of revisiting Second Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 6 says, Who has also made us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant, ministers not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. And perhaps there's no greater test of the ministry that we're engaged in than this right here. Are we ministering that which gives life or that which can kill?
2: Yeah. I believe the ministry of the Old Testament was called a ministry of death. That's right. So this is certainly not what we want to own, that we minister. But what do we minister? We minister life. And in this ministry of life, then we are in the New Testament ministry.
1: Well let's join Witness Lee. We'll fellowship again following this short portion.
0: Let us come to the main point this morning. The ministry of the Spirit. As what? As power. As talent. The ministry of the Spirit. As what? As life supply, Based upon what? the spirit here is the life supper. Was my wrong? reason? The latter kills. But the spirit gives life. It doesn't mean the spirit gives power. Not the spirit that gives gifts. No, no, no. But the spirit that gives life. Amen. It is in the same chapter. And this is the right way to interpret the Bible. We have to interpret the Word of God by the Word of God. Amen. Now, be assured in such a chapter, the Spirit never means the power, the gift. It surely means a life supply. Amen. And the life supply is also confirmed in Philippians 1.19. The bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Not the bountiful power. Not the bountiful ability. In this book, the Second Corinthians, there's no miracles. No miraculous gifts. No. But the spirit. The spirit that gives life. Amen. The spirit as the life supply. The bountiful spire. And righteousness as God's expression.
1: Francis, of course, there are references in the New Testament, uh, in the Bible, to the matter of power being associated with the Spirit. But for all of the emphasis that that seems to get today, in Paul's writings, really, it would not be fair to say that that is the stress that Paul puts on the matter of the Spirit or the ministry of the Spirit. It seems like, uh, particularly when we look at these verses uh, that he added to Second Corinthians from Philippians and, of course, other verses in, in, in Colossians and Ephesians, the Spirit there is all the time, it seems, centered and focused on this matter of life, isn't it? Much more than power or gift.
2: I think the important thing about this, Chris, is that if we see God's ultimate intention, His purpose for uh, giving the Spirit to His believers, what that purpose is, is not accomplished by certain acts of power that may excite and may fill people with a lot of confidence of this power. But it's really to get himself as the Spirit worked into all of his believers so that he will have a body of believers that are really what the Bible calls the body of Christ, made up of the one who is the Spirit of life, making his home in our hearts.
1: Francis, uh, extend that a little bit, because I uh, inwardly had a very solid response as you were beginning to speak that, because what God is after today is far more than just the exercise of a kind of a gift or some miraculous power, and uh, the, the whole context of the building up of the body here touches God's uh, purpose ultimately, doesn't it?
2: It does. There's no way for Christ to have a body that is other than himself. It's not a matter of giving some power to some of his believers that they could do some miraculous things. That does not build up the body. As a matter of fact, according to our history among Christians, this divides more than it builds because the more outward things that can be produced out of that kind of concept, the more people feel superior or they feel inferior to others. So I think it's very important that we see what God's purpose is, is to put His life into us. And as Ephesians chapter 3 says, that He may make His home in our heart. And also in chapter 4, it talks about building up the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is God's purpose. And this is what the ultimate goal is, is to have a group of people, all the believers, all those who believe in Him, have become infused with the Spirit have become one with the Spirit, filled in the Spirit, so that their whole being is the same in nature and in life as Christ himself. The head is not some kind of life, and the body another kind of life, but his intention is to have one new man." which we may get to later, but I don't think in this message.
1: Yeah, well, we'll come to it in uh, subsequent messages, but uh, today we want to come back now to this portion that we touched in verse 9 at the very beginning of the program. You made reference to it once again, but that is that the ministry of the Spirit in verse 8 becomes in verse 9 of Second Corinthians 3 the ministry of righteousness. For if there is glory with the ministry of condemnation, that referring to the Old Covenant or Old Testament ministry, much more, the ministry of righteousness abounds with glory. Let's find out in this portion, Francis, about this ministry of righteousness and just what the righteousness is here that's being referred to by the Apostle Paul. Okay, once again, here's Witness Lee.
0: When you study a Bible, you come to chapter 3 of Second Corinthians. You read such a term, yeah? the ministry of the Spirit. This is logical. But, when you go on to the next verse, the spirit of righteousness, you get trouble. What does this mean? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Become sober righteously. Do you understand this word? Become sober equals wake up. You are sleeping there. Wake up righteously. What does this mean? Well, you are sleeping there. Spiritually. You are not right. Not right with God. And not right with man, Even not right with yourself. Not right with the church. Without the new covenant ministry, you may be saved, but You didn't have the sensation that one living, so active, so real, is in you. That is the life-giving spirit. That is the spirit as life supply in you. We always think this way. When we do things wrong, then we are not so right with God. I tell you, this is too superficial. You have to realize, even you don't do anything wrong, you're still not so right. Why? Because your entire being is not in the mind. It's not in the will of God. Your entire being is out of there. Could you see this? I tell the saints, I'm saying this not from any doctrine, but from my own experiences. After attending that kind of prayer meeting to be infused, saturated, by the life-giving Spirit, my entire being is crystal clear. Then I realized that I was in the mind of the Lord. Spontaneously, I became right. In small things, as well as in big things. With men as well as with God. You with myself? What are these? These
1: is Francis, in the few minutes that remain, I think it would be helpful to review the two aspects of righteousness that really are associated with uh, the New Testament ministry. We do know, of course, the kind of objective righteousness that Christ obtained for us on his cross that's accomplished in the act of justification and that our being justified in uh, you know, our believing qualifies us. In one sense, there's righteousness. But the righteousness that he just described here is another aspect of righteousness, isn't it?
2: Yes, I feel this is very, very important because this ministry is called not only a ministry of life and of the Spirit, but also the ministry of righteousness. And so we have to see what is meant here in being a ministry of righteousness is the outworking of this One who has been worked into us. By that I mean we receive Christ. And we came like the prodigal son, Mm -hmm. and the righteousness was accredited to us. It was put upon us. We knew Christ as our righteousness through that believing. And that's marvelous, and we could never subtract from that. That's something that's eternal. But there is the ministry of righteousness that results from the ministry of the Spirit. As the Spirit is infused or injected or put into us by the ministry of the Word, then something is happening to us that really causes an outward reaction. And that reaction or that action that is resulting from this ministry really makes us right. Right with God, right with one another, right with mankind, right with everything. Mm -hmm. You even get right with the dog and the cats (laughs) because you don't mistreat them or anything. But this is just the working out of the one that's been worked into us. And that helped me a lot to see... Because the kingdom that we're looking to is a kingdom of righteousness. And how will we be righteous? Not by behaving ourselves, but by this life that's been worked into us.
1: So this category of righteousness falls altogether more in the uh, realm of experience as opposed to just uh, objective fact, which, we, as you said, we do not diminish in any way. But in instead, that, use that uh, standing, our objective righteous standing in Christ as a kind of a springboard into the experience of the New Testament ministry, this ministry of the spirit in life. And as you said, as we're enjoying the transmission or the, the dispensing of this life-giving spirit, even inwardly, In the fine things and the small things, we find ourselves uh, more in line and more right with God and with man and with all that uh, exists. It's a very genuine spiritual reality, isn't it?
2: It really is. Your conscience answers to this, says amen to it. When you have the experience of living according to this infused righteousness in us, you realize you're right with God, you're right with man, you're right with yourself, and you're right with the church.
1: Yes, that's an important fact. We don't want He mentioned it. We didn't spend much time on that today i uh, We'll look to the Lord to give us an opportunity to come back to that very important matter uh, but uh marvelous fellowship today isn't it
2: It really is. I'm so thankful for this kind of light that's put into us by this kind of infusion. This ministry is really needed by every believer, really so. Francis, uh,
1: join us again. We always enjoy having you in the studio. And when you're able to come by and uh, spend some time with us, we would appreciate it.
2: I enjoy it very much.
1: We hope you'll take a few moments of your time to contact us. We have some material that we would be glad to get on uh, its way to you. The printed life study messages. Uh, and just to receive your fellowship is important to us as well. If you'd like to call us toll free, it is study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send an email to radio at lsm.org. And we invite you, uh, as we do from time to time, to stop by and take a look at our website. We think you'll enjoy it very much where all the past programs are found and other material. Simply uh, www.lifestudy.com. We'll get you there. And We'd love to have you back tomorrow as we continue in this life study of 2 Corinthians. For Francis Paul and Chris Wilde, thank you very much for listening.
2: at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.